Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 53 of Hack to Start. This episode features Ross Simmons, the founder and CEO of Hustle and Grind. Tyler and I want to invite Ross onto the show to share his insights and experiences as an entrepreneur, consultant, and strategist. Ross has worked with companies of all sizes to share his insights and tactics on getting noticed and building web-based businesses. He's written several ebooks and guides on how businesses should use social media platforms like Instagram and Snapchat and how good content can help you stand out online. Ross is now running several other web-based businesses and joins us to share his experience as an entrepreneur. This is going to be an amazing episode you don't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Ross, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to uh, chat with you guys. It's been a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are too. We've been uh, planning this for, for a long time. So I'm really excited that finally that we finally had a chance to catch up. Same here. So let's start off by getting to know a bit more about you. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion entrepreneurship really develop? So I'm from a very small rural place um, in Nova Scotia called Preston. It's one of the oldest and largest uh, black communities in Canada. Um, and it's a place that I attribute a lot of my success to. The community is very tight, um, very small, um, but a lot of heart and a lot of people who get behind you and support you in all you do. I live now in Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, so I've moved out of there now. Um, but I travel quite a bit between here and Toronto. Um, I went to St. Mary's University, which is a school right here in Halifax. I studied marketing and human resources. Not really sure till this day why I took HR. <laughs> it was kind of like a GPA way to kind of just increase that. Um, so my resume looked good. But I'd say that my passion for entrepreneurship probably started when I was a, a wee tot when I was pretty much in like um, high school, I'd say. Um, I can remember I started up this business, if you want to call it a business, it wasn't registered or anything like that, but I was selling do-rags. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of your listeners are familiar with them, but they're these like little wave cap things that you would put wear on your head. Uh, there's a lot of pictures if you look at 90s hip-hop uh, where Eminem and P. Diddy and Mace and all those guys are wearing them. Um, I would sell those out of my locker and I'm selling them at like about 500% markup. So I was the cool kid being able to pay for like all the poutines, all my friends wanted pizza. I had them covered. Um, until the older kids started to find out that I was charging them at a 500% markup. Um, and then I had to shut that business down. But <laughs> I realized at that point that I could make money off of just creating value for people. Um, and I just was hooked ever since then. In university, I started up my first fantasy football blog, um, which was all about fantasy football. And I was this like young kid, eight, 19, 18, living in my parents' basement, drinking instant coffee, writing about football, and people were all over the world, like reading my blog, sharing my content, and that just kind of blew my mind. Um, I was actually able to set up an affiliate through that blog and that site, and I was able to pay close to a year of uh, my own school um, through that site, but it was short-lived because as the visits went up, the marks went down, and my mom made me shut that down. Yeah. Um, so 
it was still great. That gave me my taste of internet and it allowed me to kind of understand this whole crazy thing called blogging, which led to RossSimmons.com, which really kicked off my career and drove me into the marketing space, which uh, led me to where I am today. That's awesome. So right now you currently have several side projects on the go, like Foundation, a content consulting and creation company, Hustle and Grind, a subscription service for entrepreneurs, and Create, a content management software that's currently in the beta state. So let's start off by getting to know a bit more about Foundation. What is it and what motivated you to start it? Yeah, so Foundation was really uh, the spinoff of RossSimmons.com. I built RossSimmons.com as a way to kind of just share my insights and thoughts around digital marketing. Um, as I begin to kind of go deeper into my career, um, the blog RossSimmons.com landed me my first gig at a local agency. Um, from there, I quit that job and I started Foundation, uh, which became a real like digital marketing consultancy where I've been able to work with B2B organizations and primarily startups and building their marketing strategies and helping them really drive results uh, in the content marketing space. So everything from creating infographics, um, slide share presentations, developing the actual plan of attack, writing blog posts, creating ebooks, um, or just building out an entire strategy around what they need to do in the next 12 months to start to generate traction and um, take their brand to the next level. That's what foundation is. I like to say that it's um, I come in to help these startups and these organizations really lay the foundation of what their marketing is going to be for the next few months. Um, and then we get into a situation where they can either bring me on and my team to kind of help execute, or we can just pass off that strategy and them and their team of designers, developers uh, can make some magic happen. That's really cool. So what are some of the startups or companies that you have helped at Foundation? There's quite a few. Um, I worked with a social selling platform, IntroHive out of Washington, which raised uh, $10 million in VC. Um, I worked with Leadsift, which was a, it, which is a big data um, kind of software that uh, helps organizations sell um, ads on Twitter. Um, they were named by Mashable as one of the startups to watch. Um, I worked with a company called The Rounds, which is being called the Slack for the medical um, space. Um, so they're a communications tool that allows doctors to interact with each other. It's HIPAA compliant. It's only in Canada. So physicians are interacting on a regular basis on this platform, talking about their cases and things that are going on. Um, and I'm also working with uh, one of the, what I would call, uh, the best proposal software companies on the market, Proposify. Um, and those are just to name a few. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that I work with that are uh, considered Fortune 500 companies. I've also worked with a lot of agencies where they bring me in as a hired gun to either help their clients go to the next level in terms of their content marketing or train their staff so they can get that capacity in-house. Well, that's a great client list. So what are some of the plans for Foundation in 2015? For 2015, for me, it's all about growth. Um, I'm very transparent about my numbers and what I've been able to do for the last few years because I want to like just show entrepreneurs what you can do, uh, no matter what they look like, no matter where they're from. Um, I'm always trying to inspire people to hustle. Um, you can see that on my Twitter account. You can see that on my Facebook. I'm always talking about the hustle. Um, and the reason why I do it is because I want people to uh, understand the value of entrepreneurship and what entrepreneurship can do. So last year, Hustle & Grind did about 270 k in revenue. Um, with very little overhead costs. So it's still a one-man show. 
Um, I had some freelancers help out in terms of the design and some development projects, but for the most part, it's really just me. I don't have an office space outside of, outside of my home office. Um, and I was able to generate more than I expected, and I was very happy with it, and I'm still very happy with it, but I continue to kind of push myself to want to grow. Um, I haven't um, taken advantage of a lot of markets that I believe are ripe for growth. Um, so because of that, I'm making some serious investments uh, where I'm going to be getting on the plane more, uh, spending some more time in Toronto, spending some more time um, in the States and just building those relationships so I can take foundation to the next level. I've kind of used foundation in many ways as like this weird angel investment um, for myself where I've been able to invest into projects like Hustle and Grind and Crate uh, through the revenue that I generate through foundation. And I'm still kind of bootstrapping these companies. I haven't gone after any venture capital, any angel investment. Uh, I'm really using foundation's revenue to kind of build these things and grow their team and grow uh, the capacity to make some magic on those on that side of things. For sure. That's really smart. That's very cool of you to do that. Next, we're going to get into your next project, which is Hustle and Grind, a subscription service for entrepreneurs. What is it all about and why did you decide to start it? Yeah, Hustle and Grind is somewhat of like a crazy, weird hybrid subscription. It's not just like a box filled with goodies and swag. It's a box that's really Canadian uh, catered to that whole entrepreneurial and his hustle-driven lifestyle. So in our box, we tend to send people every single month, you're going to get some coffee. Um, as somebody who runs three businesses, I know that I need a lot of coffee. So I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who need a lot of coffee as well. So every single month, we send out a 12-ounce bag of coffee. Um, in the first month, when a user signs up for Hustle & Grind, they get our very own Hustle Blend, which is a dark roast. They also get a Death Before Decaf mug, which is a Hustle & Grind um, original mug designed by us. They also get a few tools and um, books that will actually help them in terms of understanding how they can be successful. So it's not just a bunch of swag that you're going to throw in the corner. It's things that you'll actually use. We wanted to give people what we call the tools and the fuel to be successful in business and in entrepreneurship and in life. So that's really what we do. Um, and really that box is just the beginning. From there, we actually start to look around all of North America to kind of find those unique and interesting uh, coffee roasters out there that are independent, but also have a sense of hustle in them as well. So we recently partnered with a uh, coffee roaster out of the U.S. called Carpe Diem. So they, they want their people who drink their coffee to seize the day. So we reached out to them. We're like, we want to have your coffee go out to our subscribers. And that's what we've done. We've got a lot of interesting, unique, independent roasters lined up, ranging from Canadian to um, the U.S. Uh, and we're excited to get those in the hands of hustle teams um, all over the world. Monthly subscription services are extremely popular these days with companies like Manpacks, Vegan Cuts, Frank and Oaks, and many more. Today, you can pretty much get anything delivered to your house on a monthly basis. Why do you think it's become so popular and where do you see this type of business going in the future? Yeah, it's crazy. I just saw the other day someone came up with another subscription box. It was called Snack Crate where they were featuring <laughs> different snacks from all over the world. Um, I didn't sign up yet, but I'm going to because it looked amazing. Um, I would love to see what type of snacks people in Japan are eating and things like that. So definitely going to sign up for that. But I think to answer your question around why I think all of this stuff is becoming so popular, I think it comes down to two things. The first thing is convenience. Um, people don't want to go to the store to find their underwear. I know I don't. I don't want to 
waste time walking around looking for the right type of underwear. I'd rather just pick a simple type of underwear that I want and have it show up to my door. Same with new spices. I don't have time to go through the grocery store and try to find these unique spices that I've never tried or unique beef jerkies that I've never tried. I'd rather somebody else do that work for me. And I think a lot of people are in that same mindset because if you look at Uber, it's the same exact reason. People are obsessed with Uber because it's so convenient and the fact that they don't have to get into a dirty cab, but that's a whole different story. Um, but I think that the convenience piece is really key, and I think that that's what allows these subscription boxes to um, resonate with people, and that's why people want them. The other reason is people just want to have fun. I think as you get older and as you start to grow up, we start to lose those crazy, spontaneous moments like Christmas. Um, and when we're an adult, if we can have something just randomly show up at our door uh, every month that is not just a bill, it's a special treat from <laughs> ourselves to ourselves, we love it. Um, yeah, I have to agree with that one. Yeah, like I'm on Amazon sometimes and I'm order a book and I forget that I order the book and then when it shows <laughs> up, I'm excited. Yeah. My fiance is not excited, but I'm excited. <laughs> but no, it's <laughs> awesome. Lastly, your third project, Create, is a content marketing software that's currently in beta. What is it and what problems are you trying to solve? Yeah, so the problem that we're trying to solve is one that I realized as I've been working with working in the content marketing space over the last five years or so. Um, one of the biggest issues is finding great content to share on Twitter, to share on LinkedIn for clients. So I ran into this situation where I was spending lots and lots of time trying to find the type of content that my clients would want shared on their Twitter accounts, on their LinkedIn accounts, and on their Facebook accounts. And it was just, a, it was a lot of time. Um, so what I decided was, why don't we streamline this process? Why don't we create a platform that actually does all this work, identifies the content that we would want to discover, but we're probably missing because we're clicking on um, clickbait, we're finding some bad content, we're finding cat photos when we actually want something about marketing, we're finding content that's not relevant at all. So what we're doing is, instead of forcing a human to actually go out and find that content, Crate goes out and finds it for you, and then it delivers it to you so you can streamline the process and have that content distributed to your social accounts without you actually spending a lot of time to do that. On top of that, uh, one of the long-term goals for Crate is to fix the distribution problem. Everybody always talks about how content is king, but that's not the reality. The reality is that content um, is only king if you can find that content, and for the most part, a lot of people can't get their content out there for users to find. So people aren't finding their blog posts. People aren't finding their infographics that they're spending thousands of dollars to develop. And what Crate's going to do is it's going to help facilitate brands and organizations to have that content distributed through the masses. So when can we expect to see the full version of this app released? So currently it's in beta. You can actually test the product. You can get on there. You can use it. Um, you can go on to just getcrate.co. You can log in. You can set up an account. Um, you can play with it. You can try to break it. All of that good stuff. You'll be, we'll be doing a public launch probably around um, the end of the summer, um, which is the kind of the roadmap. Right now it's in heavy beta stage where um, we've got about, I'd say somewhere between 50 to 60 people in there right now. Um, testing it and giving feedback and I've been communicating with them on a regular basis to really just get an understanding of what they want, what improvements they want to see. Um, but it's very exciting. I mean, I'm pumped to see that people are already using it, that they're sharing content through it. Um, but it's going to be awesome when it's really kind of flushed out to its full capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds exciting. And I'll have to have to check it out and uh, take it for a spin as well. Awesome. I like it.
So, uh, you know, on that same vein of, of content and, and discoverability, uh, I mean, you've, you've, you know, personally authored a whole bunch of ebooks and different guides, um, you know, so why did you decide to start making these, these types of presentations and, and guides? Um, and what were some of the, you know, the key takeaways from, uh, for, for, from, from doing that for your own business? For sure. So I think um, the main reason why I started creating this type of content was primarily around the idea of um, generating leads, generating interest, and raising awareness of me. Um, when I first kind of came into the industry, no one really knew who I was. No one really understood who this kid was coming out of nowhere, talking about marketing. So I said, okay, I'm going to create content and I'm going to share with people my ideas. And by sharing my ideas, my hope and my goal was that people would start to see that I wasn't just um, some kid jumping into this industry, but I was somebody who actually had some understanding of what it was all about and that I understood the content marketing and social media space. So in the early days, it was really to kind of build that um, kind of just kind of building that reputation. From there, it became profitable um, where people started to make requests for my content, where people started to drive um, drive links back to my site and say, this is something that I want. Um, and then people were ordering it. People started to order my content. People started to buy my content. People started to ask for it. So I recognized that there was a, a business opportunity there as well. Um, but from a less profitable and less kind of uh, all about me perspective, when I think back to my early days of starting my career, I really used content that I was finding online, whether it was videos, uh, slide share presentations, or blog posts, as kind of like my mentors. Um, I didn't really know a lot of people in the digital marketing space. I didn't know anyone in this technology space besides the people who I saw in my browser. So I read every single blog that Ben Horowitz would have written. Um, I read every single blog that Raymond Sethi would have created. Noah Kagan, I read all of his marketing guides. I studied these guys like they were my mentors. Um, I went on Quora, for example, and I read every single question. I asked a bunch of questions. Um, I was one of the very early stage people using Quora, and it was an amazing platform because I was able to gain insights from some of the most smartest people who I would have had no access to. So now it's at a point where I give away a lot of free content. There's resources on my site that are for free. Um, there's blog posts that anyone can access. Um, I do guest blogging all over the web. And that content's all free because I want to give back to the web the same way that the web gave back to me. That's pretty cool. And, and so speaking about, you know, the fact that your content has been so sought after, um, there's there's something pretty special inside all of these presentations, but there's something pretty special as you, you know, kind of go through them and, and start exploring them in the terms of, of the layout and the design and the thinking that goes behind it. So what's what's that creative process like for you from, you know, from from framing it out to to doing the design? How does that how does that uh, that happen? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting um, experience. If I go back to kind of like some of my first SlideShare presentations, um, I always take out a pencil and paper and I draw out exactly what I want to create. Um, it's not a very in-depth, it's very ugly, but I just sketch out kind of like a storyboard. I like to look at it as sort of being like my own masterpiece and my own art, so to speak. And I always like to start by just saying, okay, how can I captivate someone's attention early on? So I hit them with a hook, I ask them a question, Usually the question is something that I know they will say yes to, something that I know they're going to say, yeah, I do want to learn more about Instagram. I do want to learn more about Snapchat. I create that type of a hook at the beginning so you can start to get people to select, um, yes, I want to see the next page. I want to see the next slide. And once you have that, you've got them hooked. Um, and after that takes place, after you've got them hooked, it's really about just delivering true value. A lot of people, when they're creating their guides, they, they hook you and then they just sell to you. And that's the last thing I want to do. I want to hook you and then I want to give you so much value and so much insight and information that you have no 
you have no choice but to want to download that guide to um, reach out to me to sign up for a newsletter or to share it with a friend. Um, so I always start by like going aggressive with the marketing approach where it's very much trying to hook someone. But then in the middle and in the guts, it's really about just delivering as much value as I can um, and just going above and beyond the average expectations. So you'll notice that a lot of my presentations are very design heavy. Um, I work very diligently with designers to bring those to life. I've hired designers off of sites like Dribbble, off of Behance, um, and you can find some amazing talent on these sites. A lot of people who are still very early in their career, very hungry, want a chance to do something awesome, do some amazing content, um, and you can work with them to bring together some beautiful SlideShare presentations, some beautiful infographics. Um, one of my SlideShare presentations has nearly 200,000 views. Uh, it was the ultimate guide for marketing, and it's been shared by a variety of companies all over the world. And the reason why I was able to generate so much traction and um, why I was able to connect with people is two things. One, I created it as soon as Instagram was hot. So Instagram was just starting to get relevant. It was just starting to kind of build up a little bit of buzz in the social space and in the media. And I was like, okay, I'm going to create a guide all about Instagram because people are still trying to figure that out. Um, and because I leveraged something that was newsworthy and that was interesting, people started sharing it like crazy. It was being featured in guest blog posts. It was being featured on the cover of SlideShare. Um, it was being distributed by these highly um, prominent channels that already had a network. And it goes back to what I was saying before around content not being king. That SlideShare presentation sat with very limited views for probably about I'd say a month. And then Instagram was in the news. I started emailing people and I said, check out this guide. And because I was able to tap into some people with a significant distribution list, that, that slide share just blew up and it went uh, ridiculously viral. And I generated a significant amount of leads from it um, from all over the world. It was great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So before we get into more of those distribution hacks, I just kind of want to explore it, you know, a little bit more down down the same path because you're doing a lot of the same things with hustle and grind uh, that you know that you've previously done with with your own brand and, and some of these presentations. You know, taking a lot of time to diligently craft these cool like motivational posters or or you know pictures that you post on Instagram. So what what's that process like? Is it more storyboarding or how do you come up with with some of the stuff that you post on on Instagram? Yeah, so the Instagram approach for Hustle and Grind is really built off of the um, psychology around people love inspirational content. You, sh you, We all have somebody on our Facebook who's always sharing that inspirational quote, and they always get 20 or 50 likes on it. Um, and that's because just as humans, we, we appreciate and we connect with uh, things that make us feel good about the future or about the possibilities of the future. So what we've done with Hustle and Grind, we've tapped into that insight. We've already seen... Um, brands use Instagram effectively by sharing inspirational content, but it all looks the same. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to figure out how can we stand out? How can we stand out from the crowd that's all using Helvetica or Arial font, putting it on a black background, putting a low opacity over somebody wearing a suit and calling it a day? We wanted to really differentiate ourselves, so we invested in kind of finding those people who... Um, are saying interesting things on Twitter. So we've got quotes from people like Kevin Rose, from people like uh, Mark Andreessen, and we've featured them on our Instagram, and we've tagged them, and we've put up their posts, and people really connect with that content. We've been using designers from everywhere from Dribbble to Behance to 99designs to kind of create that content, um, and it's been extremely successful for us. We've, I think today we passed 16,200 uh, followers on Instagram or so. so We've been able to generate quite a bit of traction over there, and it's surprisingly enough, um, a lot of people are still sleeping on Instagram 
um, but it's driving a significant amount of uh, newsletter signups as well as customers for us. So um, I think it's one that if any of your listeners are interested in getting into the Instagram game, it's definitely something to do. That's cool. That's really that's really inspiring and inspirational. See so you guys going out there and making it happen, uh, you know, through through that channel for sure. So so you've already kind of hinted at it a little bit, uh, but but you know, what kind of process do you use to kind of do these distribution hacks? Is there any tips you can share on on how to make your you know content get noticed, or should people just sign up for Create? Yeah, I think there's a few different things. Um, I I talk about a lot of the strategies that I've used. Definitely sign up for Create. Also, definitely download the guide. Um, but I think. To give your listeners some value, there's a site called contentmarketer.io. Um, it's created by um, a friend of mine, Sujan Patel. And what it does is you plug in the URL of any website, it scans that site or any blog, and it will tell you the email of the person that wrote a blog post, that wrote um, an article, or who's behind some blog. And it gives you the opportunity to then reach out to them. So it's a platform that I've used extremely well to find the emails of some of those influencers who um, have a significant following but I've never actually reached out to or had contact with before. And then by simply sending them an email and saying, hey, I loved your blog post on XYZ, check out my slide share on XYZ. Um, I'd love to hear what you think, um, love to know what you think about this content and would really appreciate a share. That's been a hack that has really worked well for me. Additionally, I think that one of the other great hacks is if you create content assets, slide share presentations, um, video content, podcasts like this, if you create that content that can be distributed into other channels, you have a greater opportunity to distribute it. So what I mean by that is Take that blog post uh, that you're going to do, if you're doing a guest blog post, for example, ensure that you have your slide share embedded in that blog post. If you're doing another guest blog post, embed that infographic at the bottom or take a snippet out of that infographic, just a small stat, and embed it into that guest blog post with a link back to the full version. Those are simple distribution hacks that have worked wonders for me. The slide share presentations that I develop work well because they're not just a one-time thing. Those things last me. I'm still using slide shares that I created in 2013 in some of my guest blog posts because all I have to do is embed them and say, if you're just getting started, this is a guide that you need to check out. So I would strongly recommend people to create content assets that can be redistributed across a variety of different platforms. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's pretty cool. And so, uh, you know, what are some of the next guides you're, you're planning on creating? Anything in, Anything in mind? Yeah, I've got um, just probably about, I'd say, three weeks ago, I rolled out another guide called uh, Cracking the Reddit Marketing Code. Um, and as everyone who knows anything about Reddit knows, the response was uh, mixed because people on Reddit hate marketing. And if you say Reddit and marketing in the same sentence when you're at a conference, people look at you funny and a lot of marketers get afraid. Um, but I launched it. It was featured on Product Hunt. Um, a lot of people downloaded it. And the people who did download it, have sent me tons of emails saying that they've been successful in implementing a lot of the strategies, but a handful of people on Reddit rebelled like crazy. Um, I had <laughs> a lot of negative. <laughs> yeah, I had quite a few nasty emails um, from people telling me that um, I'm exactly what's wrong with the Redditing world. Um, but at the end of the day, I told I'll tell you guys just like I told them. I'm a Redditor too. Like I've been on Reddit for quite some time. I don't want Reddit to get flooded with spam and marketing, which is why I created the guide. I was tired of going into different subreddits and seeing brands spam instead of actually add value. Like a lot of brands are going in, they're putting up a picture of their own product and they're saying, what do you think? That's not marketing on Reddit. 
Marketing on Reddit is about being transparent, adding value to the community, truly giving more than you take, um, and offering some valuable insights to people who are spending time in relevant um, subreddits. Like a lot of people just spray and pray. That's not how it works. Um, so I released that guide. I'm also working on a guide now called um, The Escape, The Hustle Manifesto, How to Escape the 9 to 5 um, in 60 Days or Less. So uh, in six months or less, not 60 days. Um, so that's rolling out probably in the, at the beginning of the summer, at the end of the summer. Um, so I'm excited to roll that one out as well. Um, and share some insights around what I've learned over the last little bit of escaping the 9M5 on my own um, and creating a very profitable business. Cool. I'll have to keep a lookout for that one especially. Awesome. Public speaking is something that you're very passionate about. You've had the opportunity to speak at conferences and seminars about things like digital marketing trends and the future of communications, social media marketing channels and opportunities, the power and role of content marketing in today's world. What motivates you to help others by sharing your experience through public speaking? And is public speaking something that you encourage others to do? So yeah, I definitely think that public speaking is something that everyone needs to do. Um, I can remember when I was in university and I came across one of those blog posts. I'm not sure who the author was, but it told me two things. It said that you need to know how to um, do public speaking and you need to know how to write. And those are two of the most important things in business. And if you can do those two things, you'll be successful. So what I did was I pushed myself into experiences and situations that forced me to be uncomfortable. When I was a kid, my nickname was Shy Ross. And I was still very shy. I know my friends weren't that creative when they came up with the nickname. Shy Ross isn't that clever. But that was my nickname because I didn't talk a lot. I was very quiet. Um, and I didn't really say much. So they, what I needed to do was kind of push myself as an introvert to kind of get out there and push myself out there. So I signed up for a marketing event um, called PodCamp and I put my name in the hat when I was about 21 or 22 years old. First time speaking about marketing in public. Didn't really know what to expect. I did the talk, thought it was horrible. Everybody said I was great. You could see through my shirt I was sweating so bad. Um, but I forced myself to get uncomfortable. I forced myself into a situation that would allow me to kind of say, yeah, I can do this. I can do public speaking. And I encourage others to do the same. Encur I encourage anyone um, who's early in their career or even late in their career to just try public speaking because it can open up a wide range of opportunities um, that you can't even imagine. Um, if I was to say what motivates me, uh, to help others through my public speaking. It's really about just passing along that kind of karma mentality of if I can do for others, others will do for me. If I can pass along um, information and insights, it always comes back to me as well some other way. Um, I don't know how, I don't know why, but the more I give, the more I end up receiving as a result. So I like to kind of help other people as much as possible. I like to give to people um, insights and understanding of the struggles I've gone through, through the successes that I've gone through. And by doing so, um, I've been able to kind of reap the benefits of it. And I really think that that's the key. So are there any events that you'll be speaking in this year? If so, what will we be covering during your talks? Yeah, I've got quite a few. The next one is actually tomorrow. So I'm going to be speaking at a uh, incubator locally uh, called Volta Labs, uh, which will be on content marketing and how to get your brand to stand out. So I'll be sharing a lot of insights with a variety of different startups, um, people in the entrepreneurship space, entrepreneurs as well, around how they can create brands uh, that really stand out in the digital marketing space and how they can tell their story online in a way that is captivating and in a way that 
um, is worth listening to because a lot of people are sharing content um, and telling stories that aren't actually resonating with their target audience. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about some of the, the ways that you can actually connect with your audience. I'm going to share insights around the types of content that actually resonate with people, the type of content that the press wants to have. Um, I'm going to share insights around distribution of content. And that's really what I'm aiming to do. If there's one thing that I've noticed over the past five years, and it's really the reason why I wrote Standout as well, is when I work with these super talented technology-driven or design-driven founders, not a lot of them are true marketers. Not a lot of them really understand the psychology of humans. They don't really understand the, the value of creating content, social media. They don't, they don't live it like I live it. Um, so when I come in and I can actually deliver this, this type of content and this insight to them, whether it's verbal or through written word, through my blog or through my books, I really see helping them um, change the world in many ways. I see myself as helping these innovators and these people who are truly trying to change the game um, take their businesses and their organizations from zero to 100 real quick uh, as a Drake reference. But like that's the <laughs> realness of kind of delivering your insights and passing that knowledge along. Um, I can do marketing. I can't. I can code a little bit. I'm not a coder by any means, but I can know enough to be deadly. But when there's people who have put all of their time and investment into learning the technology or learning design, and I've done the same for marketing, it's like, let's work together. Let me provide you with that insight and that understanding of marketing so you can do what you need to do with your business and your product to be successful. That's really cool. So, you know, you've, you've been around a, a ton of, uh, you know, different startups, different companies through your consulting work, through um, some of the other stuff that, that, you, that you've, you've got going on. So where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs? And are there any technologies or industries that, that are really passionate or, or interest you? Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, I'd say that the biggest one that I, I am truly amazed by but don't really know enough about, but I'm going to invest a lot of time over the next few months to learn it more because I think it's even going to impact marketers is the whole automated car scene. I think that that is a game-changing technology and it's beyond what the average person even understands. Um, I was reading an article on medium.com and when you think about the impact of automated vehicles, a lot of people forget about trucks and the entire trucking industry yeah. and how much money the trucking industry um, puts into the U.S. economy just as the U.S. alone. Um, it is significant. It's ridiculous how much they put into it, um, whether it's through truck stops, through gasoline, through um, dining, through motels, through, through a variety of different things. The millions and millions of dollars that are going to evaporate because of automated cars is insane. Um, but automated vehicles are also going to influence the marketing world because we now have people's attention when they're driving. Because right now, you'll get a ticket if you're on your phone while you're driving. But in the future, we're going to have screens in these vehicles where we'll be able to connect with people, where we'll be tell stories, where we'll be able to influence their buying behaviors. I mean, just imagine if you get your automated car to drop you off at Starbucks, then you drive along the way and it's tracking um, how many points you have, you're getting close to another Starbucks and it can say, yep, this person's probably low in their coffee or they're low in their latte. Let's send them a push notification to their screen that tells them, hey, just turn left and you can go to Starbucks. And Starbucks sponsors that entire experience. You can see them getting a little too excited about this, but it's going to be crazy. It's going to really change the game. Um, and I'm excited to watch that space in particular.
What apps, books, devices, or tools are you currently obsessed with right now? Um, I'd say one tool that I'm obsessed with right now um, is Sidekick from HubSpot. Um, it's a it's sort of it's replaced Reportive. It's also a cool Gmail application that you can quickly install that allows you to see the emails of people um, that you're you can see the information around someone that you're about to email. It allows you to see when they open an email. It allows you to track click-through rates. It allows you to actually do voice calls through your mobile device, through your desktop device, sorry. Um, take notes. It's a, it's a CRM system on steroids, um, but it's very lightweight. I love that product. I love what they're doing. I'm also obsessed, obsessed with Product Hunt. I'm on Product Hunt pretty much every morning. I check it out. Um, another device or an app that I've become obsessed with is Slack. Um, I think Slack is going to, it already has, it's changing the game, it's changing the way that people communicate, and it's changing the way that we interact with one another. I've got probably about eight different Slack channels that I'm a part of. Um, I've got company ones, organizational ones. I've got some for friends. I've got some for industry folk. I've just got some for people who share similar interests. I think that Slack is something that, well, everyone should have an eye on if you don't already. Um, But Slack's something that is also great for marketers. Like you can join some very interesting Slack groups and do some very interesting things and find new business. You can do some cool collaborations. I love everything about Slack right now. Um, using it every single day. In terms of books, I read a lot. Um, I tend to kind of go back and forth between a variety of different fiction and nonfiction, whether it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or the Innovators uh, Manifesto. Also a big fan of um, the hard thing about hard things um, from Horowitz. There's a lot of books out there that are great. I've also been reading the um, Million Dollar Consultant from Alan Reese, which is a great book. And I think if anyone's in the consulting space, that's the book you need to read tomorrow. Cool. That's really awesome. And I can totally relate to Slack. I've actually had this weird thought that I just wish that it was almost like the replacement to you know your SMS app. Like that everyone should be on Slack. I don't understand. It should it should just be a thing. It's so true. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. So do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you think others should uh, should know about? Yeah, I think for me, um, there's two things that I've always kind of pushed um, in two concepts that I always believe in. One of the things that I've believed in, I wrote it in everybody's yearbook when I graduated from high school, that my goal in life as a whole was to wake up in the morning, go to bed at night, and do whatever I wanted in between. And I think that that's really the key for me. I don't suggest that everyone go out and kind of start quitting their job and leaving and making sure that they have complete control. I think that it's the right thing for me. And I think that a lot of people can benefit from that mentality. But I mean, if you can get morbid for a second, you have to recognize that, yeah, at the end of the day, this is the only shot. This is the only time that we have. This is the only shot we have to live. And it's the only time that we're going to be able to experience things together, to experience life, to experience new technologies, to experience travel. So while we're here, while we're on this earth, there's only one thing that we need to do. It's to leave this world better than it was when we got here um, and to do our best to reach our full potential. I can fail a million times and I really don't care because if I tried and if I gave it 110%, then when I'm on my deathbed, I'll be able to look back at the past few years and I'll be able to have a smile on my face knowing that I gave it everything I could professionally, personally, um, and that's really all that matters to me. That's awesome. You got me all fired up. I'm ready to go and make it happen. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> awesome. Love to hear it. Cool. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for yeah, taking thanks, the time man. to chat with us today, Ross. Uh, it was great to have you on the show. 
Thank you guys for having me. I am a big fan of Hack to Start, and I uh, hope we can do it again sometime. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.